everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. everyone. I'm Theodore Pendragon and we have another episode with a special guest and her name is Red Moon Eagle and she is a psychic catalyst. Welcome Red. Thank you. Thank you for having me Theodore. We're going to talk about what a psychic catalyst is so it's all yours. Tell us about it. Wonderful. Well a psychic catalyst teacher, coach, is someone who has the ability to take energy and create change in the environment. And I have said for years that I walk into a room and I change things. I don't have to try. I don't push. I don't. I have to go for it with the flow because the energy just changes. And the psychic part is the ability to see people for who they really are. It's been uh, challenging growing up in a world that people just see the outside earth suit first. And I see who you really are. If anything, that creates a little bit of confusion because you'll give me your name, you'll tell me what you do. And I go, oh, that's interesting. That's not what I'm seeing. <laughs> so are you saying that sometimes you can see when someone's a phony baloney? Oh, yeah. Uh, more than that, though. I like to. I try really hard not to use language that is judgy. Right. Because there is a perception in our modern world, right, that people are either good or they're bad. That's not real. The reality is that we all... We all can be good and bad. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. We all have this range of opportunity and we all have choice. It's one of the few places in the universe in any manifestation that you have true choice. So if you choose to have an opportunity to make a good choice or a bad choice, I have a genuine belief that people will choose good. Now, intellectually, I understand that that's not what happens. And if you are wandering around your life with lots of past life karma and you have a lot of stuff that you've carried that doesn't belong to you, it can muddle the waters and it can make those choices less clear. It can be make the choice less obvious, I guess, as to what is a better choice versus a not better choice. So when I meet people for the first time, I see who they really are, who is the real entity. And there is a moment when I first meet people that it's so crystal clear. And what has for decades has been my muddling point is people behaving in opposition to what their true entity self shows me. I see a beautiful, light, beautiful entity, and their behavior is not that. 
give us an example of a person that you met for the first time and what you saw so that we have an understanding of how deep this goes. Okay. So I will use uh, a dear friend who, when I first met her, she was walked into the office setting that I was working at the time. And it's just this beautiful entity. I recognized that I knew her from another life. I recognized that she was from another place, but she had chosen to come here several lifetimes in a row to help us work on earth connection. And I saw that it was an instantaneous knowing, but there was also this unease that I wasn't sure if she knew that about herself. She was so bubbly and she seemed very authentic, but I have encountered where people were not authentic. So I let that encounter be what it was. It was beautiful. It, there was an, it was like a 10 minute interaction and then she left and then she came back several weeks later to follow up on an interview she was doing with one of my supervisors. And we had a brief conversation. And again, the knowingness that she was here, karmically, I guess is the word, or blueprint wise, she was here to help people connect into the earth entity herself. And in off chance, in that conversation, she said something about she felt very in tune that she wanted to get to know me better, even if she didn't get hired. And I said, well, why is that? Curious question. And she said, because I feel like you and I understand how earth works. And in that moment, it was the validation of the interaction. Like, aha, she does, she does get something. So I know that it's safe to follow up and converse with her and share more information. And it was beautiful. It was a wonderful interaction. She's become a lifelong friend. That's really neat. You mentioned blueprint. Mm -hmm. Explain what you mean by blueprint. So. It's a term I started using probably about 10 years ago-ish, maybe a little less, about seven years ago. And the term refers to the reality that you as an entity, when you're on whatever you want to call the other side, we'll use that term, other side, you decide what you want to work on when you're here. Are you here to unwind karma so that you can fulfill your true purpose? Are you someone who's come from other parts of the universe and you had to borrow a little bit of karma to just figure out how to meet suit it? Or are you an entity that is from here? Are you from the earth herself? Like, are you an entity that's always been here? Have you traveled the universe to then bring back that knowledge to home? Are you from, I mean, people can be, what I like to say is people are walking around in the earth suit, but the entity itself may or may not be from here. And people talk about them in a variety of terms. Like I started hearing about 10, 12 years ago, star seeds, rainbow children, indigo children. I started hearing those terms and I thought, oh, so people are picking up. There are entities from other places. Good to know. People are catching up. Awesome. <laughs> um, but my whole life is, I have been very much aware that you choose a lot more in the framework of your life than you think. There is a lot of choice. You choose your vibrational ascendancy. You choose your life themes. You choose contracts you're going to have with other entities in other earth suits. You're going to choose, maybe you choose to have three separate lives in one life, 
for example, you live your life in one little cubicle here, and then you move to India and you live 30 years there. And then and the third section of your life is maybe in Ohio of all places. Like you could choose a lot more than you think. You give yourself a really good framework and you pick your team, you pick, you pick your guides, you pick your entities that are going to help you with it. You have so much that you spent in creating the opportunities of this life. And I think the thing that people get a little nervous about blueprint is, oh my gosh, so it's all predetermined. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not true because there's choice written into everything. Everything is choice. But we are vast multidimensional entities. And what our perception of what is what you can feel it, taste it, see it, touch it, smell it here, those are your five senses, maybe a little psychic sense in there too, like your intuition. You actually have more to you. You are multidimensional, multifaceted entities. And when you write your blueprint, you have access to all of that. The things that we can't remember here in our earth suit, we have access to all of that. And when I meet people, I see who they really are. And when I talk about the blueprint, I talk about that in relation to helping people instead of thinking that life happens at them. I mean, how many people do you know just life happens at them and they're just going to, well, how do I, how do I become an active participant? And having your blueprint is very much becoming an active participant in your life. Now, in this idea of time frame and this life, and it brings a lot of peace to people to understand that there is more to it than, well, why did I pick my mom and dad? Is that just karma? Why does this person that I met my best friend in the whole world? And why is there a connection there? And, oh, there might actually be a contract. Oh, my goodness, that person could be part of your soul group. Oh, my goodness, this person could be somebody you've known 50 lifetimes ago that just happened to hang around and help you. And who are your guides? Who are they? And why do they mean so much to you? And why do some guides seem like they're right there helping you? And why do some guides never seem to show up except when crisis happens? Like, (laughs) there's so much complexity to a blueprint. What are the different components you look at in someone's blueprint? Well, I start with vibrational frequency, because I think that's the one that is probably the framework that seems to help people understand what I mean by a multidimensional, quantumly connected entity. So if you're that vast and you're that big and you're connected into multiple timelines and you're living multiple lives at the same time, because there is that perception of how time and consciousness and quantum connection are, right? So that's a lot. So there is a frequency that you build into, I call it a vibrational frequency because I don't have any better human terms for it, but it's what you write into the baseline of your blueprint. I look at it as the analogy of if you were going to build a house, you need a foundation for your house. If you do not have a foundation, the house falls over. Okay. So the foundation of your blueprint is your frequency and you choose the amount of access you have in your blueprint. So if you are somebody who wants to live a life where you can, if you can't see it, hear it, feel it, touch it, touch it, taste it, you don't want to have access to it, then you limit the access in your blueprint so that you don't get distracted by all the other stuff 
I call those kind of vibrational frequency entities because they're amazing. They teach us all about being in the body and being real and being like here in the moment. Uh, the downside is that sometimes they think all of us spiritualists are somewhat mentally ill. <laughs> so there's, there's two sides to that, right? Um, but right. then on the flip side, you can have these vibrational frequencies and they're so special. They are the vibrational frequencies that they come in very much aware. They know we're not separate. They know we're all the same. They shine in the darkness. They are brief and luminous. They are aware that they are multidimensional entities from birth, first breath to last. But the caveat with that is they sometimes don't last very long. Like they don't seem to make it to puberty. They have very specific, very driven messages for the world. And when they go home, they go home. And they're magnificent, bright, shining entities. And they're very aware of their multidimensional self. And that means they also have access to so much of themselves that the rest of us are like, whoa, I've never had a guide. I've never had a message that tells me exactly why they don't seem to make it to puberty, but I've kind of extrapolated that it could have something to do with how hormones develop in the body and kind of limit things because you kind of have that hormonal period between like 11, 12 years old and 25, 26, where things kind of go sideways sometimes. <laughs> how can finding out your blueprint change your life? What I have found in feedback from clients is that it helps them have an overarching framework, both from where they come from. So vibrational frequency, they understand, oh, that's why some of the spiritual stuff is important. And this is why some of these things are not important. This is why I feel like I know things in other areas that other people don't seem to like there's a framework for the past, but there's also a framework for moving forward. You have an idea of, for example, life themes, like your life theme's not your job, but maybe your life theme is the bumper in the road that you're driving down in your life. Say that you have a carer life theme, but you have no intention of being a nurse or a doctor, but you do end up like volunteering all the time for cleaning up the earth. You know, you care. It can also, care life themes also really want to make sure that the people around them know that they are sincere. So when they offer something that it's received, it's not just an offhanded note. So having an understanding of your blueprint gives you a lot more awareness of how to communicate with other people from your, your higher self, who you are as an entity and what you chose to come here to do. And I think the other piece is most of my clients are light workers. They are healers, they're doctors, they're therapists, they're energy healers, they're astrologers. I mean, I'm a certified astrologist. I got a certified way back when I was 16, like before astro.com came about, like long time ago. <laughs> There's a framework with having a blueprint when you are a light worker. I'll use that term in quotation marks that so many light workers feel like they have to help everybody. That burns you out, the candle at both ends, it's not workable, it's not sustainable. So having your blueprint as a light worker, as most of my clients are, helps them frame their purpose with more intention, with more direction, with feeling like, oh, I actually don't have to help everybody. I can help people with my specialness, my special gift. And you know. Years and years and years ago, when I was trying to figure out, like, I know how 
I used to do just psychic readings. Like you could call up to a 15 minute like psychic reading. I did tarot readings. I've done astrology. I've done, I've done all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and one of the things that I found is when people were looking for direction, they wanted to know more. They wanted to know why they chose that. Why did I choose that option? Why did this come up and why did I choose that? Having their blueprint help them understand where their higher self, where all of their multiplicity of complexity is influencing that blueprint and that choice. So it's not as random as they think it is. Again, life's not happening at them. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, wait a minute. I have the opportunity to know this. And I have the opportunity to connect in with my true vibrational blueprinty stuff that I wanted to have access to. And it bypasses the, the meat suit, the earth suit. You know, it bypasses the physicality to who they are as a multidimensional entity. If somebody is working on a lot of karma, maybe they need to unwind that karma before they can start really doing their true work. It would be kind of nice to know that <laughs> rather than stumbling around in the dark and having all this unwinding of karma happen every time you think you're getting forward a little bit. It, it would be nice to know, oh, I really do and should probably focus on that for a good chunk of time and allow that to unfold in a healthy way rather than trying to add all this other stuff on top of it before I'm ready. A typical client who might be in the healing profession, how long do you usually work with them to help them find their blueprint? A blueprint takes, well, let me put it this way. When I first started really realizing I was doing blueprints and I was trying to figure out what a good format would be, I could do a session between two and eight hours like all at one time. And that's exhausting. And <laughs> as fascinated as the person was being there, they would fill up your, your cup fills to the top and then it overflows and you don't take it all in. What I learned to do is blueprints are a four hour session. That's what they are. And we get as far as we can. And I encourage people to record it so that they can go back and listen to it 50 times if they want to. And what I found in feedback from clients is that sometimes that blueprint seems to trigger a lot of questions. So I do have clients that come back for once a week or once every couple of months, they come back and they have very specific questions in regards to their blueprint and how that, how what is happening in their life right now is connected to the blueprint and how do they use it. And then I have other clients that they get their blueprint and we end up going in the teacher coach direction where they want to learn specific things. Like um, I have a couple students right now that are working on how do they integrate their body energetics into maximizing that to their higher self connection, learning how to trust their intuition, learning how to trust their gifts that they have chosen to have in this life. And how do they use that actively day-to-day, -day, as well as in their practice, in their day-to-day -day practice um, and in their work. So I'm very much the teacher, coach, psychic catalyst that brings opportunity. You get your blueprint and then it's kind of up to you. What are you ready for next? And we'll see if it matches. I mean, I've taught astrology. I've taught tarot. I've taught, you know, 
so many different methodologies that I wish I could say there was a typical client, but so each person is such an individual that the universe has been very beautiful and kind in this world with all these beautiful entities that are waking up and really wanting to do the work and help each other. It's been amazing to have every, every client brings me a new piece of joy that I can share another new piece of information that they need. They need it. It's for them to then turn around and share. Are these sessions done in person or remotely? Uh, In person or remotely. Yes, I do both. For years, I did just in person. And it was really very much the realization that people were ready for the remote work about 10 years ago. I had offered it before, but it wasn't received very well. And the the world just wasn't necessarily trusting. Like, are you really psychic? Can you really pick up something on the other side of the world? I don't know about that. And there was a shift. There was an energetic shift in the world that happened. And now people are ready. They can go there and they can understand it and they can trust it and they can feel it in a totally different way. You mentioned energetic shift. I've heard many people use that term, energetic shift. What do you think is happening? In our universe, my perception of that goes back to when I was a child. I was very blessed to grow up in a space where I never had anybody until I was older tell me that my perceptions were wrong or different or bad or whatever. So I've always known from as far back as I can remember that we are very much able to shift the energy as community in the direction we want it to go. And I had known, my dad used to tell the story all the time that I wandered up to him and my great grandma one day and went, yep, the dark time's going to happen now. And I turned around and walked away. And they were all like, what did that mean? (laughs) And it was when I was probably about a teenager that I realized nobody else seems to realize that the dark time is coming and they don't seem to have an idea of what that is. Even I would ask my guides, okay, I'm here to work at the dark time. When is it? When is it coming? I'm ready. And they would say, soon. Okay, that's that's 40 years go by. And soon finally happens. And what most people think of as COVID or like, you know, the world shutting down, that was the triggering of the dark time. So there's there's an energetic shift as communities have started to connect in with the web and connect in with what we're using, electronic forms of communication. It's that new, I say new, new old web. It's a different way of manifesting, right? And as that web started to grow over time, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was another energetic shift as a world, as a whole world, with that interconnection with the web as it got stronger, as more and more people used it, as people started going online and shopping and doing all those wonderful things. I was totally involved in the early shopping websites. I wrote the, I wrote some of them. They were amazing. But that shift influenced so much of the world's consciousness and our connection to each other through spiritual ideas, through um, people questioning the paradigm of religion and whether or not we need it or not. You know, there's so much of that world shifting with that web activation. When I talk about the energy shifts, they shift all the time as different things are shifting in that web. Our consciousness is changing with different ideas and different pieces of input. 
And I talked about community for decades in the conversation that is just now starting to actually happen. The understanding that building community means leaving your ego at the door and trusting that people are coming in authentically and they're willing to do the work and that there is a lot to it. It's not just coming together at a coffee shop and that's it. That's all you do. You come together and then you go away and you do your separate things that all of these things are connected energetically. When the dark time happened, there was a huge shift, right? Like the whole world shut down. There was a whole paradigm shift, a whole a discussion. You had that huge wave of fear that that just, it was like a huge boulder in the pond. <laughs> and that rippled out. And we're still flowing with that huge ripple. We're not out of the dark time yet. There is still shift going on constantly, all of the time. I think that when I talk about energy shifts, I am very much aware of when there are tiny shifts and when there are big shifts. And I've been aware of it my whole life in a way that has been interesting to converse with people that are aware of energy shifting in different frequencies because they are. They're kind of like a radio station that you can tune in to. I'm going to tune into KGBT or QRST or whatever the, the funny words and letters are that they use to identify them. It is very much that most people, they have a radio dial where they can tune into certain frequencies. I find that in that analogy, I have 50 radio stations going on all of the time. It's sometimes a little tricky to turn some of them down to hear the others. <laughs> Am I correct to assume that your psychic abilities started in childhood? Oh, yeah. I don't remember a time that they weren't part of who I am. And you spoke freely about what you saw and what you felt. How did your family respond when you came up with all this knowledge? I have a very unique upbringing. My first six months, I lived with my parents. And then at six months old, there was a traumatic event in my life. And I ended up living with my great-grandmother. And my great-grandmother is Native American. She lived in a house with no running water and no electricity. She wouldn't have that icky stuff in her house. I mean, she used phrasing that I'm not going to use on a podcast, just to let you know. <laughs> she was not going to allow that energy to affect her medicine. And she was a healer. She comes from a long line of medicine women and not from a Western. So Western Native Americans, when they say medicine woman, sometimes that can infer negative, you know, like messing with things in a bad way. Uh, medicine woman in the tradition that I grew up in was a healing modality, women's medicine. It was medicine for the tribe. It was medicine for all people. And I was very blessed to live in a community where she was best friends with the woman we called Aunt Sissy. <laughs> she lived in the um, African-American village about a mile from our house the other direction. And a half a mile north of us was this little southern town village that we lived near. But because she was the Indian healer of the area, nobody would live near us because neither community wanted to admit that they were associated with this Indian medicine woman. It's the South. It's got a lot of trauma and there's a lot of history there. So we won't go into that. But my first five years of life, I lived with somebody that I learned how to honor plants. I learned to connect in with earth. I learned to make plant medicine. I learned to honor my own body. I learned to be in my body in a way that 
I really haven't met very many people that know how to do that in that way um, because I was raised with it. And then when I was five years old, I went back and lived with my parents and I went to Europe and I lived for four years in Europe during the school year. But in the summers, I always went back to my great grandma's house. And then my parents came back to the States and pretty much every year till she passed. So I was about 12, 13 years old when she passed away. I lived with my great grandmother every single summer. Like that was, and my entire, like, I think it was my fourth grade year of school. I was reinforced all of the time with my gifts, my perceptions, my awareness of the world. Now, my biological mother did not respond well to any of this at all. She did not respond well. She did not have, um, if we want to talk about a common term that's used nowadays called witch wounds, let's just say she had a lot of them. <laughs> and I triggered every single one of them, every single one. But my ancestry on, on, in my family, I have uh, Nordic, Swedish, Northern European ancestry on one side, and then I have Native American, African American, and European ancestry on the other side. Ancestry-wise, and then the reinforcement with my great-grandmother, I have these deep connections that were reinforced in a beautiful way and in a unique way that a lot of, a lot of people don't, didn't get or don't get. And I know that I'm uniquely blessed in that way. So there was never, other than my biological mother, there wasn't ever anybody to say, this is crazy. And where are you getting that from? <laughs> That's a nice foundation. It's unique. It's unique for sure. And I, and I am very aware that I blessed to have had that. I, I know that. If somebody wants to reach out to you and find out about their blueprint, how can they find you? Um, I'm pretty easy to find actually. Elementalhealingmt.com. So elementalhealingmt, the initials for Montana.com. It's a really easy website to find. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel that I do daily devotions Monday through Friday. I just switched to live. So I do them live mountain time between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. And then I also have Instagram, which is elemental underscore healing underscore MT. I try to keep everything succinct. Daily Devotions is uh, Daily Devotions with Red Moon Eagle. That's how it comes up on YouTube. So I'll put all those links in the episode notes. As usual, I'll do that. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Whether it's about a blueprint or anything else? That well, I would like to add that the one new thing that I have been so excited to share with people is in my whole life, one of the, the unique things that I've struggled with is I'm very aware of my body because of the way I was raised. But teaching that, I get to a certain point with people and there's this, there's this hiccup and I have to send them somewhere. In the last year, I discovered Body of Nine. When I discovered Body of Nine, it was the aha. This is what I learned as a child. Somehow, my great-grandmother knew this ancient knowing in a way that she could teach me. But now body of nine is in a digestible form for the modern person. So what I tell people is that if you are able to go through the body of nine identification, and if you know what your activation or what they call natural number, if you know what that is before getting your blueprint, it so much helps. It helps so much <laughs> for the blueprint to anchor through your physical earth suit. Because one of the things that blueprints 
have is, okay, that's higher consciousness. That's you setting the form, but it still has to come through the earth suit. You still have to experience things. And if you know how your natural number works, it makes the integration and the filter system of that blueprint through your body and through its manifestation in the physical form so much easier. You don't have to search for how to make it make sense and work so much. It just clicks. And it's been the missing piece for my whole life trying to get people to understand what I'm trying to say on an energetic level when I can see it, but I can't, I, I didn't have the language for it because there's an earth language for that, that I didn't have. And body of nine brings that language to the picture and completes it. It's like, Oh, all of a sudden I have the complete picture. It's amazing. <laughs> what you're saying with body of nine is that we each have our own number one through nine. It's an activation point. So in the language, how I grew up is the way, because great grandma worked on me with this from the time I was really small. So I don't remember the first time we ever talked about it. I don't have an introduction. I just know that if I was behaving a certain way or I was struggling with something, she would tell me, okay, think in your chest, think of the energy from your throat to your heart. She would she would touch it on herself. She would touch it on me and she'd say, okay, I want you to feel how that feels. I want you to stand a certain way. I want you to breathe a certain way. She talked about the seven different kinds of breath, but in Body of Nine, there's nine different kinds of breath, which now totally makes more sense to me. <laughs> so there were things that she would do with me to help me integrate that energy awareness in the body that I just learned how to do. So when I've worked with other people, I can often see that maybe somebody has two or three areas activated, but there's a natural activation. And if you know what the natural activation is, you can then open up all the others with intention. When I see people who have three or four areas that are activated, maybe they're not even next to each other. It's very confusing because I'll use different language with them. And sometimes that information settles and sometimes it doesn't. But if you know what it is, I can work with that, give that language through the, or give the blueprint through that language so it anchors in the manifestation of now with concrete connection. It's no longer a moving target. I don't know anything about body of nine, but I signed up for a class and I will know what my number is soon. Oh, I'm excited. That's exciting. I'm excited. I love the language. It is for me, who has studied, I mean, I've studied astrology and I've done tarot and oracle and I've done, you know, I went off in the left field of Wicca. You know, I studied Crowley and Thelemite philosophies and I've studied Roshkushan and I've studied Kabbalistic and I've read the Torah and the Kabbalah and I've read four different kinds of Bibles and I've studied Mormonism and I've studied, you know, like I've studied, you know, Taoist and Feng Shui. And I've, I've done the deep dive on all these things because I realized very early in my teen years that what I grew up with was a piece. It was a piece of the puzzle, right? It was whole for me at the time, but I also knew that the world was a lot bigger. And I needed to know to be able to understand where the history and when the foundation of all this stuff got muddled. And I've spent a great deal of my time unmuddling things. Like, you, I just, there's a perception of understanding that I have when I read something and I go, absolutely, there is truth in here. 
And this is where it goes sideways. This is where the ego gets involved. This is where the the perception, the religious dogma gets meddled into it. When I ran into Body of Nine, that was very much one of those experiences where I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it all in because it feels like that's the missing piece. But I didn't know until I knew. And I don't know how to explain that. But when I knew it was the missing piece and it had, it had been here all along hidden that you have these life themes that come along and they are the pathfinders. They bring the hidden stuff that got lost and muddled and all of the mythos and all of the ancient teachings that got muddled with just being human and time and war and politics and pick a thing. <laughs> and pathfinders are really unique and very special. I've, I've only encountered two for sure physically that I've met and one that I think is a pathfinder. And they're very special to our world because they they bring stuff that kind of got lost and they bring it forward and they're able to make it digestible to everybody else. And there aren't very many of them. I would say a Pathfinder is in one in, I don't know, six million-ish, maybe. With Body of Nine, do you teach that course? I'm hoping to be able to teach it right now because of my my very complex history and past and how I learned, I'm having to kind of step backwards a little bit, not not go backwards, but step back a little bit from my own learning and really kind of immerse myself in that body of nine experience because I am finding that there are things that I just do that I can't not do. It does get away a little bit of the body of nine, like learning how to identify. I can teach people about how it kind of works, but I don't have my certification yet. And I am working to get that certification. So that's why I send people to Body of Nine. I just say, go to Body of Nine, do do your identification, get that done there. And then we'll talk about your blueprint. Or you could get your blueprint and then go get your Body of Nine identification. I just, I know that it settles better. I've noticed it's easier for people if they have their natural number, but you don't have to have a natural number to get a download. Does, does that make sense? Yes. Well, I'm excited, so I can't wait to find out what my number is. It's very transformative for most people, especially if you are in the spiritual vein of of looking at things in your life. Like I, I know people who have done a lot of martial arts, and they're already very attuned to their body, and may or may not have done a lot of spiritual higher awareness or ritualistic type stuff. And they even even the body people, those that are masters at Qigong or Tai Chi say having their natural number makes sense. It clicks. It makes all the other work that they've done anchor better. I think anchor is a good word to describe how knowing your natural number connects. It anchors in who you really are in a real way. It gives you a framework for understanding why it's important to have that anchor. And so then when you interact with anyone else in your physical manifesty world, you understand that they have either a similar one to you or they're all different. And you can honor where that anchoring is in that other person in an, in an authentic, true way. Are you saying that once I know what my natural number is, I will be able to see what other people's natural number is? No, but you can at least acknowledge that your anchoring is different from other people's in a different way. 
it's very different than, I mean, I use astrology as an example all the time. So say you're a Capricorn or a Gemini or whatever. I can say, well, technically I'm an Aries. I will caveat that with, I am the least Aries person I know, just so you know. <laughs> the least Aries person? Yeah, I'm oh, yeah. technically an Aries, but I'm the least Aries person I know. So I confuse people all the time. So you must not have much fire in your chart. No, actually I have. This goes into a whole other dynamic, but I learned very quickly when I became an astrologer that there are some people whose blueprint has absolutely nothing to do with their astrology chart. And I am one of those people. So we could talk about my astrology chart, but it doesn't actually have anything to do with my life because my blueprint was not written around that paradigm. There are people whose blueprint is very much written around their paradigm of their astrology chart. So when they learn their astrology chart, it really does help them. But other people, it doesn't help them at all. When I use astrology and body of nine in correlation, if you think about it, like if you don't know what your astrology is, then it's very difficult to talk with somebody who doesn't know their astrology. But you can still ask them, well, what's your birthday? And you can go, oh, yeah, they at least have some kind of reference, right? You're not going to necessarily be able to identify someone. But when you know what your natural number is, it's kind of like when you found out you were a, a Gemini and you can go, oh, I feel so good about that. I feel so honored. I feel so seen. I know that this is why I do these things. It's similar. I can that. wear the T-shirt. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. And that's kind of what Body of Nine does for a lot of people, but it anchors into their earth suit. And when we talk about astrology, sometimes astrology doesn't anchor in the body. It becomes this intellectual, geometric, thought-mind process instead of a in-the-body anchored piece of information. And that's what Body of Nine language and activation does. What I find with why it's so important in the blueprint is that Blueprints are also kind of that thought-mind paradigm thing. It's an intellectual conversation about what you decided to do before you came here. And I have to work a lot with metaphor and stories and visualizations and, and connections to help people understand how that works. And if they have the body of nine activation, I don't, there's less struggle bus to find the words to help that blueprint anchor in through the body. Because ideally, that's what you want. You want people to an be anchored in through their body so that they can be real in this three-dimensional space and connect in to that fourth dimensional shift of letting go of ego and that fourth dimensional shift of accepting the journey and enjoying the journey with joy and happiness and flow. It flows better. You are very well-rounded. You have the whole body of nine thing going on. You are the psychic catalyst, which opens up a whole arena of all-knowing, right? Yeah. I could talk to you forever, but we're running out of time. So I might have to have you back for another episode. What do you say? I would love to. I, I actually had a conversation with somebody recently, and they said, it's like you're the teacher for all the teachers. And I thought, oh, that's a new way of saying that. <laughs> Yes. Yes, that is a good way to put it. You are the teacher of all those teachers. Yeah. We're students forever. Of course, always. I'm learning all the time. I tell all of all of my clients, it's usually like part of that first part of the session, which is 
do you know about me? Do you understand? Do you understand where this is coming from? And also, you're going to teach me something. Even though I have trained myself to forget 99.9% .9 of any download, I do a session, I give it to the person, I walk away, and it's gone. I don't keep it. It doesn't belong to me. But every once in a while, there's a lesson in there for me too. And it's the only thing that sticks. I'll walk, walk away and two days later, something will bubble up and I'll go, where did that come from? Oh, it actually came from that blueprint session three days ago, two days ago, whatever. Because that was the message for me to hold on to. That was my lesson. That person was brought into my realm so that I could clarify something. I could make something easier for someone else. It was for me to go, ah, that's a reminder. You need to pay attention to that thing, Red. You're, you're getting sidetracked. <laughs> this has been a very informative episode, Red. I thank you for being on the show. And would you like to come back sometime and we can talk about a few things? I would love to come back. I would love to come back. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed myself. This was amazing. And you're great. And I, I love that you're doing this work. You're doing this work to share and get all these healers. And you're getting all these people who have been doing the hard work to shift the mindset of the world in a direction of connection, community, authenticity, and helping those that are here to help connect with each other so that the world knows we're here. That's important. It is very important. And thank you. Okay, that was my special guest, Red Moon Eagle. And stay tuned because I have a feeling she's coming back. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine. Thank you.